Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are Travis and Stephanie Armstrong, and we are glad to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. But here we are. We are returning. We are. And I'm grateful to be back uh, with our podcast after having a little bit of uh, a vacation for us as we went down to Orlando. And that was really exciting and fun as we were at a family ministry conference. Yeah, we had several... Several things have happened um, yeah. since we took our little Easter break. Yeah. The first one is um, happy birthday to you. You <laughs> had a birthday on Good Friday. And then, uh, of course, we celebrated Easter. Um, and then we actually get to announce on our podcast tonight Yes. a big welcome to a sweet little baby girl. Little Gemma Reed Stanley, mm-hmm. daughter the of edition. yeah Jr. and Rochelle, and of course our listeners know Rochelle um, because she kicks off and wraps up our podcast every week. But she just gave birth to their second. Yeah, Theo is a big brother now, and they are a family of four, so we're super excited for them. She was born just a few days ago, and she's tiny, yeah, six she pounds, I think. Yep, twenty inches long. Um, but everybody's doing well, so we're excited for them. Um, Rochelle's going to be on a much-needed, <laughs> uh, earned maternity, maternity leave. leave. Yeah, so so here's hoping. If the podcast is live on Wednesday, then that means, miraculously, <laughs> I was able to follow her instructions yeah. and figure out how to edit this thing. So <laughs> if you're hearing this on Thursday or Friday, that means I encountered a snag or two. But <laughs> for the next few months yeah. here, we're... I am the editing team, right. so here's hoping. Yeah, You know what's interesting about starting a family is <clears throat> I can still remember numerous people that would come up to me before we ever even had Ava mm-hmm. and telling us, you know, when you have kids, it changes everything. <laughs> right. And at the time, you know, before kids, it's hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. You really can't understand what they mean by that. That's right. Um, and yet you know that change <clears throat> is coming, yep. but you never know quite what to expect. That's right. And, uh, and so I, you know, it's a wonderful adventure, um, having, having kids and, um, you really do never know what to expect because, uh, kids do change everything, They do, but not one kid is the same. <laughs> adventure was a good word that you just chose there. Yeah. It's kind of a choose your own adventure with each child <laughs> and, and not only with each child, but I think even just the season of life that you as parents, mm-hmm. I was laughing. In fact, with Rochelle, we were texting a little bit this morning about, I was asking her how she's doing and you know, they're, they're right in the throes of those first days of sleep deprivation. Yeah. And I was telling her when you and I went through that with Weston, who's our baby, I was 38 and you were 44. And <laughs> I said, honestly, that nearly took us out. It was tough when we had Ava. I was 29. Uh huh. But, you know, 10 years later, you're just a different parent. <laughs> you're a little older. Yeah. Losing sleep um, hurts a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But as I was encouraging Rochelle, which she knows because they've already had a baby, it's 
season season by season and mm-hmm. you know before you know it you're through that stage but God is faithful is. hour by hour to give you what you need. That's right. And Westy being kind of that wonderful, unexpected gift yep. that God gave us. I think I was 43. Four. 44. Uh-huh. <laughs> when we had Westy. Yep. His Hebrew name means son of my old age. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> no. Um, but we're so excited for the Stanleys, yeah. for their newest edition. And, um, but I think as a lead into this topic... Mm-hmm. On expectations. Yep, we're talking about expectations and re-engage this week. We didn't quite know what to expect having children. <laughs> we for right. sure didn't know what to expect when we got married. That's right. I think maybe we had perceptions of, of what marriage was supposed to be like. Yep. But they say that love is blind, but marriage is a real eye-opener. Yeah. And, and I, you know, the blinders came off in the reality of what we had, which marriage is awesome. Uh-huh. But maybe there were some expectations of what we thought it would be like or how it would go. Or, yeah life would turn out to be, you know, 20 years down the road. Um, You know, there's a lot that we just didn't know quite what to expect. That's true. You go into marriage not knowing what to expect, and yet you go in with expectations. Right. You know, I think um, that's some of what this lesson unpacked is just that we all have expectations. Yeah. Whether you even, some of them maybe you're aware of, but often there are expectations we're not even aware of mm-hmm. until all of a sudden they're unmet. Yeah. <laughs> and then we become hyper aware. We become hyper aware. That we were planning on something different. Yeah. And it did not happen the way we thought. Or our spouse did not do or act or say or respond in the way that we thought they would. Right. So, yeah, it's a great topic. It um, is. And I like how this very first uh, <clears throat> page on expectations says... Expectations are attitudes and thoughts regarding the way things could be or should be. Mm-hmm. And you have expectations for every area of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Mm-hmm. And expectations aren't necessarily, or generally speaking, right or wrong. However, the way you deal with unmet expectations can have a lot to do with what you experience in marriage and in your relationships with others. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we want to look at tonight, and um, I'm excited for it because this is a big one. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great topic. It's a great topic. Uh huh. Yeah, we had really great discussion in our group this week, and um, as we've gone through this study, we've I've been sharing kind of each time there are basically eight principles mm-hmm. that reengage lays out, and then 16 weeks, 16 topics that we go through, and so we we're on to a new principle now with expectations and it's the principle of adore and respect yeah so we talked about expectations on sunday next sunday we talk about understand but here's kind of the main idea of the whole lesson this week it's this you have many expectations about your spouse and your marriage Mm -hmm. that if unmet and handled incorrectly will lead to disappointment and anger Mm. you need to be able to articulate and deal with unmet expectations and realize that God is your only true hope. Yeah. And I think a great indicator, almost like lights on a dashboard of your car, mm-hmm. if you want to you know, know something's going on with your engine, mm-hmm. that light can tell you. And as you mentioned, there can be signs, there can be emotions that crop up mm-hmm. when there's unmet expectations like anger and yep. frustration and disappointment. Um, it lets you know that maybe something down underneath where you were expecting something to happen or should happen didn't. 
and all of a sudden you have some of those negative mm-hmm. emotions pop up. There's a great example of this as we kind of look at the this topic um, in the Bible yep. as it pertains to a guy named Naaman. And so in 2 Kings 5, really fascinating story, one of my favorite in the Old Testament, you have Naaman who is the captain of the Syrian army. And it says that he's a mighty man, a man of valor. So you know he's well-respected in the community. He has power and clout and position and title and money Mm -hmm. and everything that goes with that particular position in life. And yet it says he had leprosy. And so all of a sudden it begins in his, his own journey, this search for a cure. And of course we know with the story as it unfolds, it leads him to uh, Israel, in particular Jerusalem. He goes to the palace looking for a cure because a man of importance, as Naaman, mm-hmm. he would think that's where I'd find a cure for this leprosy. Yep. But that's not where it's found. He ends up being then rerouted to Elisha and to his home, way out of the way. And um, when he approaches Elisha's house, and I'm sure he had quite the entourage that he traveled with. Mm-hmm. We know he traveled with a lot of servants, as well as money. Maybe he's thinking he's going to be able to buy his cure. Right. And so as he arrives, instead of Elisha coming out, he just sends out a servant. And the servant comes out and says, well, this is what you're to do. Go down to the Jordan, wash seven times. And Naaman is angry. Mm-hmm. You see this emotion crop up. He's <clears throat> angry. <clears throat> yep. And the next phrase talks about Naaman saying this particular thing, but I thought the man of God would come out and he would wave his hand over the place and there would this be this great ceremony and he would cure me of this leprosy. Mm-hmm. So he had an expectation about how this was going to play out because he had a perception or an attitude of himself that he was a man of importance. He should be respected by others. He expected to be dealt and handled and treated in a certain way because of who he thought he was. Mm -hmm. And so that is a a great example of how even um, from this story, this plays out in our own lives. I mean, how often in your relationship with your spouse or with others, you have said to yourself, but I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really common um, feeling that we all have mm-hmm. where we are suddenly watching something unfold and we kind of almost want to push the pause button. Like, yeah. wait a minute. I thought that we were going to do this. Right. Or I thought this was going to go like that. Yeah. Or I thought, I thought I... this vacation, we were going to go to <laughs> Disney world and do this and this. Oh, well, I thought we were going to stay home and do a DIY project. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think we all do this. One of the things that we talked about in our group this week is just kind of identifying Mm -hmm. like what are the sources of some of our marriage expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good question to kind of pause and reflect on because, you know, in in a similar way, like that Naaman had this expectation. Well, how did he have that? Where did he get that? Right. Why did he think, you know, that, Elisha was going to come out and it was going to be this thing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, right. but he got it somewhere. He got it somewhere. And created it in his head. Who yeah. knows? And yeah. I think we do the same yeah. in our own marriages. And so, you know, we talked about in our group, like, where, where do you get your expectations from? I think, 
you know, you and I are from an era where some of our early expectations came from TV, Mm -hmm. right? Movies, Mm -hmm. Um, certainly like your family of origin, kind of who you grew up around. Um, I I definitely grew up in the church, so I got to see a lot of Christian marriages. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I got some expectations from those. Yeah. But I would say today, and this is what was interesting, we had a lot of our discussion in our group about this too, social media plays a massive massive role in expectation. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, for, you can speak for, uh, as a man, uh, for women, I think this, not only is it kind of an expectation that we're gathering mm-hmm. from watching other people's highlight reels. Yeah. But then we couple it with comparison yeah. very quickly. Right. Right. And so we watch somebody's, you know, dream home being built or their dream vacation. And we instantly, something in us is like triggered. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so when we hit, you know, 20 years, should we be going to Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> and then it becomes this comparison game sometimes in your head. Like, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with going to Hawaii. I just pulled that out of the air. But. <laughs> then it, it can become a struggle where yeah. you're just gonna, you know trying to compare yourself and your marriage. And then all of a sudden you're disappointed mm-hmm. because maybe you can't go to Hawaii when yeah. you hit 20 years yeah. or whatever it is, right. you know, you have a, you have a certain expectation <clears throat> of how life should be yep. based on what you're seeing in social media and comparing your life, right? The unfiltered life yeah. to someone to else's highly filtered, highly filtered life yeah. mm-hmm. and their highlight reel Versus what you know of yourself, which often can be, you know, low light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just uncanny. I think how often we have to remind ourselves that, and I know this has been true for me, like sometimes on my worst day, mm-hmm. you know, things are just not going great. Right. And you pop on Instagram or something and all of a sudden you're feasting on someone's best day. Yeah. And you just naturally want to compare the two. Right. When it's apples to oranges. Yeah. Um, but we all do this. And I think, um, you know, we have to be really careful. I, as I was just even examining my own heart in this, I realized I have to be really wise and discerning to try to constantly counter what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. um, what I'm perceiving with what's true and real. Yeah. Right. And we talked about that in the last couple of weeks on the podcast, that nurturing truth in your marriage. Yeah. And, um, I want to know, I want to be dealing in truth at all times. Mm -hmm. I want to be in reality with my feet grounded in reality. And then most importantly, I want to know what God has to say Yes. uh, before I form these expectations. And yet unconsciously we do it. We just form them, right? So this lesson was a lot of just kind of taking a hard look at your own self when you feel that disappointment and realizing where is this coming from? Right. Rather than just projecting it all on your spouse because you know, he or she failed you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, why do I think they failed me? Did they actually right. fail me? <laughs> you know, like, again, we talk about this, I swear, every week, but turning the, the lens on mm-hmm. ourself, mm-hmm. on self-examination yeah. and on our own heart instead of just coming up with all the ways that, you know, our spouse failed Right. in our eyes. We got to own our own part in it, too. We Sometimes, do. and we talked about this, too, um, you don't even communicate mm-hmm. <laughs> to your spouse that you have this expectation. Right. So they fail you in some way that they had no idea yeah. you were holding them accountable. Right. Right. 
But we all, we've all done that as well. We've all done that. Uh-huh. And, yeah. I, you know, when Jim and Christine gave their marriage testimony on Sunday, I think that was a great point that Jim had made, that they don't hold each other accountable for unmet expectations if it has not been communicated of what they yeah. expected. Yep. I think that's a, a great place to, to start. Mm-hmm. In which communication becomes, again, I think we've mentioned this several times in our podcast, but communication is, is the key. It becomes a pipeline that affects every area of marriage, or if you want to see it this way, like the hub of mm-hmm. a wheel, mm-hmm. which everything turns on. Yep. Because communication will adversely or, or uh, affect or positively affect every single area mm-hmm. of, of your relationship. Mm-hmm. They gave us some really great, um, Jim and Christine did, just some great practical wisdom when they shared this week. Um, but we also had in our lesson just, and this isn't a comprehensive list, list but four ways to handle expectations in your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first one is to identify them. So we just talked about that. Yeah. Like asking yourself, where does this come from? And then secondly, is this even a reasonable expectation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you know, we can be so prone sometimes to come up with these really goofy expectations of our spouse. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about just dumb things like holidays where, you know, of course you think of the Hallmark Mm -hmm. (laughs) channel, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the unreasonable efforts that somebody makes, yeah. right, to celebrate a birthday or, you know, you would have thought like the, the entire world is watching. Yeah. And so we can just let silly things like that filter in. And then before we know it, it's our birthday or it's Valentine's Day or it's mm-hmm. our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we're waking up and we're thinking, oh, my goodness, how are they going to surprise me? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't he's not in bed. Is he at Starbucks getting me a, a treat? You yeah. know, we just go down this road and we got to stop ourselves. Like, is this even reasonable? I know. Like, I can't be mad at him the first 10 minutes of the day when I've already put this totally unreasonable scenario on him that he knows nothing about. Right. I have been guilty of that. I will admit. That's why I think one of my favorite uh, thoughts on Valentine's for you in our marriage has been keep your expectations low and maybe (laughs) I'll raise them. (laughs) There you go. Okay. That's one. I would also say the second point is, communicate beforehand yeah and and i have learned in this if we're going to talk about valentine's day (laughs) or some of these other holidays it's just a lot easier for both of us if i will just say to you ahead of time hey trav yeah like for Mm -hmm. example this year what what was going on i think this year you actually bought me a card to give to you to write in i literally did okay there you go we were at the grocery store together that's what we call the kiss theory Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I won't call you stupid, but <laughs> we were at the grocery store and it was like two days before Valentine's Day and they had a little display right at the checkout. And I said, okay, babe, here's what we're going to do. I'll take this card and you take this card Yep. and let's just, when we get home, we'll just swap. Yes. And then pressure's mm-hmm. off. The pressure's off. Right. And then I think I even said to you, I can't remember if we had stuff going on or what, but you know, sometimes they've even said like, Hey, it'll be really special to me if you come home with some flowers and we get a date or whatever it would be. Or sometimes I've said, don't bother with the flowers. I'd rather have a dessert from somewhere. Yeah. You know, clearly articulated, simple expectations when it comes to that really kind of helps alleviate Mm -hmm. the frustration of unmet expectations on a day like that in particular. Totally. And the surprise element, I think, Yeah, you know, let's not, let's not expect our spouses to jump through hoops when they don't even understand that 
we have this whole made up scenario in our head right. that we're hoping they're going to exceed. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. The third thing that they said was to believe the best about your spouse. So if your husband does not come home theoretically with flowers yeah. <laughs> on Valentine's day, mm-hmm. rather than going five steps down the road of he doesn't love me, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't know that I love flowers, yeah. you know, whatever. Rather than go down that road, Mm -hmm. what if we instead just thought, you know what, maybe that was just, maybe he's, he, he didn't even think about that and that's okay because he's thinking about something else or he knows that's a superficial thing. Like, why don't we just think of the best, right? right. Like, that's okay. I know that he loves me. I know that, you know, we're doing well in our relationship. I know that we're going to celebrate somehow tonight. And if it's, if it's not with flowers, it's not with flowers. Right. And that's kind of saves ourselves, I think, some unnecessary fights as right. well. Yeah, because no doubt there's there's differences between men and women and how we think about particular days like Valentine's and how that should yeah. be celebrated. And I think God did that on purpose. Yeah. You know, and I think we should celebrate those differences. As a matter of fact, when you first met, we first met, it was those differences that were attractive, mm-hmm. like those things about you, because who wants to be married to the same person? That's right. And so I think what I've seen, though, over the course of time in a marriage, what happens is couples drift from a place of celebrating differences to allowing those differences become point of contention and being critical mm-hmm. of those differences. Yep. Yeah, we had this great question, and I think, um, I think we should talk about it here in, in our lesson. And the question was this. How has your spouse exceeded your expectations? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as we're talking um, through this as a group, one of the gals in our group made a point that I thought was so spot on. And she said, in fact, that she had sent this question to several of her friends because she realized this, that kind of thinking, well, how has my spouse exceeded my expectations? Yeah. Is the opposite of what the enemy wants mm-hmm. us to dwell on. Yeah. He would rather us come up with a list of how how has my spouse failed me today Yeah, and for the last 10 years? Right. Right. And his tactic really, honestly, um, <clears throat> is really nothing new. Right. If you think about the garden experience mm-hmm. of Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. had all this wonderful thing called the garden that yeah. God had gifted to them, created and given to them, so much they could enjoy, so much about it that brought them joy. Mm-hmm. So much to choose from that was so, so good because God had created it. Yet the enemy says, I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to focus on the one thing, the one thing that you can't have. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one negative aspect. Right. And I think it does the same thing in marriages. Yep. Don't think about all the good of your spouse. Yep. All the great character traits of your spouse. I want you to concentrate and focus on the one bad thing. Yep. Yep. And how can you ruminate on that? Yeah. You know, you mentioned this at the beginning here that you and I just got back from Orlando. We were able to go to this great marriage. Um, well, it was a family ministry conference and we went to all kinds of breakout sessions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I in particular went to one on marriage. You did, you went to a bunch too. Um, but the pastor that was teaching, um, the particular, I'm trying to think what the name of that yeah. breakout was. But it was, it was Brad Rhodes, right? Yeah, it was called Changing the Paradigm and How We Do Marriage. Okay. And he made a point that we have to replace complacency in marriage with intentionality. That's right. And then he kind of gave some ways that we can do that. And the first one that he said was to be intentional in gratitude. 
and he gave the statistic, which is this, and I don't know where he got it, so try track him down if yeah. you want the primary <laughs> source, but I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt that it's from a real study. Um, 94% of couples who focus on positives in their past together are um, proven to have a happy marriage. Wow. 94%. 94%. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. And he made the, um, well, he made such a great point of this, but he talked about the idea of selective perception, mm-hmm. which is this, that we see what we look for. Right. So if we are going to be constantly looking for the negatives, the ways that our spouse disappoints us, doesn't meet our expectations, mm-hmm. guess what? We're going to see that. We're going to see it. It's going to get highlighted. It's going to rise to the top. Yeah. And we're going to dwell on it. Yeah. And he made the point that actually if we are going to be intentional in gratitude and we're going to be intentional or married instead of complacent, then we have to like put on the positive goggles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not because we're just overlooking. Right. We're not trying to just overlook offenses. No. Um, we're not trying to act like, you know, there's nothing going on or deal with maybe a sin or something. Correct. But this is more of a, a practice of kind of like how God instructed us as well, the Israelites first, but as believers to remember, mm-hmm. to look back and remember what he's done and who he is. Yeah. And when we do that, it stirs our heart, right? It yeah. builds our faith. It reminds us of the faithfulness of God. Well, in the same way, it's good for us to look back in our relationship yeah. and begin to list. He gave the idea um, to actually write down everything that you love about your spouse. Okay. And he was like, don't just write a generic, they're a really good provider. Well, mm-hmm. how are they a good how provider? They like, what are the yeah. things that you really love about, you know, whatever the topic is? And he gave the advice to do that, to write it down, to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Not just write it down quickly and move on, but to really read through that list. Yeah. Just kind of revisit it. List examples just in your own time. Think on these things. Yeah. Just like Philippians 4, 8 reminds us, and then encourage one another while it's still today. Yeah. Um, because if we, just like he said, if we will look for those negatives, then all of a sudden that's all we can see. That's right. And then we're just perpetually frustrated and disappointed and negative and critical. Mm-hmm. But if we will be intentional to, Lord, help me see the good. Yeah. We realize, oh my goodness, there's so much more good than there is, you know, mm-hmm. bad. There might be these one or two areas where we really clash, mm-hmm. but there's 50 where things are great. Right. But why do we fixate on the two? Yeah. Just like you gave the example, why was that one forbidden fruit, mm-hmm. the, the power of that one thing versus the many things that God had said freely, freely enjoy, enjoy. Um, so I thought that was excellent advice it and, um, and it played perfectly into this question. So how has your spouse exceeded mm. your expectations? And, you know, we took a little time in our group to kind of praise our spouse. Yeah. Um, because I think that's good too, is, right. um, to just take the time to, to say publicly, like what you think about your spouse, how right. they have exceeded or how they have blessed you or whatever. So we thought maybe we would do that a little bit here um, mm-hmm. because this is our challenge for you this week. Yes. We would love for you to think about a relationship that you're in. And so right. maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's with a child. 
mm-hmm. or a family member or a coworker, whatever it is, particularly if you're having a hard time mm-hmm. <laughs> with somebody, how can you intentionally take some time to think on, to dwell on what's true, what's right? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. The list from Philippians 4, 8, this is what it says, what Paul says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I love that. I do too. I think that's so great. That's great advice for marriage and parenting right there. It's a healthy habit to develop. It is. In your marriage and any relationship you're in. Yeah. Because of our tendency, our sinful tendency to go to the dark places, go to the negative places. Yeah. And instead, it's saying we have to be an act of 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 a choice and a will, will yep to dwell on these things that yep. are worthy of praise yeah and you know you might be uh not you travis but you our listener might be you know sitting here listening and even thinking well that's great if there are praiseworthy things mm-hmm. but i'm in a relationship where there's not a lot yeah. to praise and you know I, I think you can we can still do this because we can begin with the identity mm-hmm. that person is created by God. Yeah. That person bears the image of God. Yeah. That person has been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Right. You know, we can start there. Mm-hmm. And that even that can help shape our perspective and our thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about if you and I... Let's do it. Yeah. Share a little bit here. Yeah. I'll jump in. You know, I have always loved, um, uh, in particular some things about Steph that have really exceeded my expectations, especially when we first got married. And literally, like, we got married on August 1st, 2003. (laughs) We went on a week honeymoon, Mm -hmm. came back, packed up everything we owned, which wasn't a whole lot. (laughs) Thankfully, we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't. And moved to Wake Forest, North Carolina to start seminary. 14 days after you got married. We got married. (laughs) I took Steph out of paradise there (laughs) in Naples. You did. And, and, and left for North Carolina yeah. to, to start, um, you know, being equipped for this calling. Yep. Um, and so, and then that led from North Carolina to Minnesota. It's like God has just been moving us further and further north. But what I appreciate about Steph is just this willingness to lay on the table, almost at the altar, and willing to sacrifice whatever she thought her future, your future with us together would look like for, okay, God, what are you, whatever you have in store and whatever you want us to, wherever she wants us to go, whatever she wants us to do. And even if that means packing up our bags and going to seminary and starting all over when it comes to friends and finding a church yeah. and jobs and where are we going to live and everything else that comes with that. And so I just appreciate how um, you're willing to give up maybe expectations you might have had of what you thought life was going to be like together in marriage for what God had in store. Hmm. So. Well, thank you. Babe. Yeah. Love that about you. Well, thank you. I, um, gosh, I could, I could and did, did, could and did, <laughs> could and did make a long list of things that you have exceeded. Um, I think in particular, some of the things that I came up with right away were things about your character, um, your godliness, I think you are kinder, more patient, and more loving than I ever could have dreamed. Mm. That's just definitely who you are. 
um, which I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, even what I hoped I would find in a spouse, babe, you far exceeded in those areas. Um, but the other one that really kind of, I don't know, took me by surprise as I was just thinking about this is in fatherhood. Um, and I, I got to see you when we met, you know, we were in a young adults ministry together and you were helping lead that. And, um, I got to see you like relating with young adults and stuff. Yeah. And it, you know, you're just a pretty good, you're a crowd guy. (laughs) People (laughs) like you and you are good with people. And I saw that. Um, but I didn't necessarily know, you know, how, what kind of family you came from. I didn't know any of that yet. Yeah. I could just tell that you had good people skills, right? Mm-hmm. And as I got to know you and I got to know your story and I realized there were some hurts in your life yeah. and um, that God had providentially placed different men into mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. at very strategic times yeah. who played the role of a father to you in a lot of different ways. And um, even more so, you before I met you, had really begun a journey, I think, of, of God fathering you mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. looking to him yeah. for those things. And so um, when I think of where you came from and how it could have gone in your fathering journey, and I look at the kind of dad you are today, like you have, you far exceed mm. my wildest expectations um, mm. for a dad. Thanks, babe. Yeah, and I love that about you. And it's also one of those sweet things as you were in youth ministry all these years, um, not only are you a great dad to our kids, but you have stepped in and filled in the gaps for a lot of kids over the years who didn't have a dad Mm. because you could relate. Um, but you also had men who did that for you. And so I just think that that has been a double reward Mm -hmm. to watch you father our kids so well, but to also see God redeem something that was a hurt. Yeah. And really use it as a beautiful place of ministry mm-hmm. where, um, you know, kids have felt safe with you and uh, you've just been able to identify with them in a different way. So, yeah. Oh, thanks, babe. You know, by the grace of God, of you course, know, yep. um, all, all praise be unto him. I, I uh, can claim, um, you know, there's no no pride in that. It's really. I didn't say you were a perfect dad. <laughs> right, not a perfect dad. And I and I realize that um, as you just really walk back some history of ours and my own, like you can trace the very hand of God through all of that and yeah. realize, gosh, I, I, I can take no credit. Honestly, it, it's it's all by His grace in my life, and and so it's really just an opportunity to worship and and point mm-hmm. uh, everything towards towards him um and so but you know uh, what we're doing here is 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 a wonderful habit to develop it is in marriage and i think it's so easy to become complacent and apathetic and hardened and critical and judgmental and head down just a really dark road yeah where you just latch on to so much bad but instead we have an opportunity to chart a new course in our relationship yeah. with our spouse and with others by training our mind to think about the good in that person and to draw out the great characteristics that we see in that person to build up and, and that fosters such a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. 
but it really is a choice and it really is an act of, of the will. Yeah. And the um, mouth and the mouth <laughs> encourage one another while it's still today. Like yeah. I think there are times I have been convicted when I think, you know, at home you're gone at work and I'm at home doing whatever. And there are times that I think to myself, these things about you, like, Oh, I love that he does that. Or, Oh, he's so good at that. But it just stays in my head. <laughs> and then, and then I think sometimes, well, surely I tell you, I praise you or whatever. And then you just realize, well, maybe I didn't say that to him. Like, I think there's, there's such power in the tongue. Yeah. You know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but there's such an opportunity to bless the one you're in relationship with. Yeah. When you will take the time to encourage them in the things that they're doing well. Right. And almost everybody has something that they do well. That's right. Right. Even if it's just in this moment, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that you're not losing your mind with me or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We can find things to praise. That's right. We absolutely can. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I, I hope that this is an encouragement for you. And I, I hope that maybe as a challenge to you this week, in that special relationship you have with, with your spouse, um, uh, in that marriage relationship, or as a parent to a child or a coworker or a friend, whatever it looks like, mm-hmm. take the take the opportunity to to build them up and and, and encourage them with, with a word yeah. that that breathes life into them because yep. words matter. Yep. And um, when we really point out these things, you never know the difference it could make in someone's life. Yep. And, and, and I think if you want to foster this healthy, vibrant relationship in, in marriage to start being proactive yeah. uh, in, in, in building into your spouse and highlighting the things that, you know, are the good, are the positive um, can go a long ways into to developing a relationship that where there's intimacy, where yep. there's wholeness. Yeah, but it won't just reconciliation. It even. won't just happen without effort. Right. No, there's yep. some spiritual sweat. Yep. That we've got to put into it. Yep. And um, and it, it could be some some hard work, yep. especially if you've been habitually thinking about the negative for a long, long, long time. Yeah to retrain your mind yep. to do different yep. um, can be can be hard. But the scripture says, dwell on these things. Mm-hmm. Think about these things. Mm-hmm. Renew your mind. Renew your mind yep. in the scriptures. Yep. And so it is possible. It is. God has given us his word. Yep. And if we live by that and we live upon the promises of God, there's a promise that there can be health and restoration and, and, and a movement towards that oneness that God desires. Yeah, our final um, point here from Reengage and how to handle expectations is, I think, a perfect way to wrap this up. It's, mm-hmm. It says, communicate with God. Because your spouse is human, they will disappoint you and yeah. let you down. Yeah. Your spouse's imperfections, though, can be great reminders that God is the only one who does not disappoint. Yeah. Psalm 62, 2 says... He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, you know, we do have to reconcile that we're still married to a human. Right. We're sinners saved by grace, right? right? And so we're going to have good days. We're going to have bad days. Um, I love this quote from the guy that I sat in, in the breakout with. If you have a bad day, though, it's just one bad day. Mm-hmm. The power of the grace of God is immense. And when our hopes and our dreams and our 
security rests on God, mm-hmm. then a bad day is a bad day, but then that's it. Right. Right. But when we put all of that on our spouse, first of all, they can't live up to it. And secondly, we're always going to be disappointed. Always. So we really let them off the hook and we really appropriately put all of that on the Lord, mm-hmm. who is the unmovable, unshakable, faithful foundation. Mm-hmm. He can handle it. Right. Um, and so I thought that was such great advice um, to find some freedom. Yes, too. and all of that. Yep, because the, the solution is not just communicate better and then your spouse will meet all your expectations. Right. Um, there's healthy things that hopefully we've given you today, but that doesn't mean, therefore... Right. Everything will be great yeah. after you get all these steps in order. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I love about Romans 10, you know, because if you come to trust in Jesus, you know, you come to believe in him, it says you will not be disappointed. That's right. You'll never be disappointed in Christ. You may not always know what he's up to. Yeah. And you may have some frustration of going, God, what are you doing? But you won't be disappointed in him. He's never let us down. That's right. And um, in a moment of our greatest need, he came to us as a rescuer mm-hmm. um, to deliver us from darkness and bring us into his marvelous light, forgiving us of our sins, adopting us as children of God by the cross. And so we'll never be disappointed. So we can always expect that God is going to be faithful, Yep. always going to be true, always going to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And so having the proper placement of 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 our expectations yep. in, in life is, is really important. Because the great irony in it is for all the ways your spouse does not live up to your expectations, mm-hmm. you don't live up to theirs either. Right. <laughs> you know, I think we're so one-sided in that whole thing. Yeah. And we just kind of focus on the other person and, well, you didn't do this and this and this and this, when they rightly can also make a list and say the same of you probably. Yeah. Well, guess what? I had this expectation and you didn't meet it. And yet God is the one who can meet all of the expectations. And he offers us this opportunity to grow in our holiness in Mm -hmm. the way that we honor him when our spouse fails us. That's right. So in the way we extend grace, in the way that we offer forgiveness, Mm -hmm. in the way that we think the best of even on their worst day. Yeah. Right. Those are all opportunities to honor God first, and then hopefully also minister to your spouse, even when they blow it. That's right. Right? That's grace. That is grace. So, um... Oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation, and um, I love this re curriculum. Mm-hmm. I think it it's spot on in so many ways. Um it really touches down on, you know, some topics that maybe we haven't really thought about. Yeah. In our marriage and how they are affecting our relationship. Yep. Like expectations. Yep. So, um, babe, why don't you, if you have a parting thought, and then if you do, why don't you pray for for all of our listeners? Okay, I will do that. I just was, my parting thought is that this week, you know, this was great to think about for our marriage, Mm -hmm. but this also was a good, a good, um, perspective for me and in, in some parenting things yeah. too. Yeah. You know, I, I just think again, when the gospel's at the center of it, it applies across the board. Yeah. Um, so that's my, that's good. Parting really thought. good. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you because you are our foundation. You are immovable. 
you are the same yesterday, today, and always. Mm-hmm. You are the one that we can uh, rest in. You are the one that we can hope in. And you do not disappoint. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that truth. I pray for all of our listeners today and um, for those who are in a marriage, in a parenting relationship, whatever, wherever they find themselves, Lord, maybe with some frustration. Hmm. I ask that you would um, help us to first see our own sin, to own our own part, Lord, and to come before you humbly and ask you to expose us first. Uh, May we... uh, be at your feet asking for grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. before we ever go to someone else and accuse. Yeah. Lord, I pray you would just help us to be um, tempered in our words and our tone. Um, I pray you'd give us discernment and wisdom and help us to tame our tongue as we mm-hmm. deal with the people that we love. Um, and I ask you for just grace, Lord, to cover our own sin. And we thank you that you do that, Um, that you, in our weakness, that your strength is displayed. And so I just pray for all the marriages and all the homes represented and um, all of the relationships, Lord, that we are maybe toiling in. I pray that you would help us to surrender those to you and to invite you into every moment, Lord, Mm -hmm. um, so that we can undo unhealthy patterns, that we can create new Um, habits and that we can look back and see your faithfulness and um, praise one another for the areas in which we've gotten it right. Um, Would you just help us to be people who bless one another with our tongue, who Mm -hmm. encourage and build up and lift up rather than tear down? And so, Lord, we ask you to do this in us because we can't. We fall short, um, but your Holy Spirit will help us. And so we ask for that help. And we thank you for um, just another opportunity to grow in our holiness, to become more like you. We ask all these things in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks uh, for listening. And uh, again, we're so glad to be back. Mm-hmm. And next week, what's our topic? Next week, we're talking about understanding. Understand. Yeah, yeah. Understand your spouse. I think understand we're going to talk a lot about differences. Love it. Love it. Next week. So, yeah, as we wrap up here, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to play the role of Rochelle. <laughs> and I'm going to remind you that you can always find us on um, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on the Grace Church app, mm-hmm. under um, media and yep. under podcasts and also on the Grace Church website under Family Ministries. There you go. You can catch all of our episodes there. We would love for you to um, subscribe. That will help you know when we have new episodes and also it will help people find us if they are looking. Yeah. And so um, we are honored to do this. We love to do this every week and we hope that it's content that you find worth uh, your time yes. and maybe even worth sharing. So we always appreciate that. Yeah. But we will be back next week. Yep. Same time, same bad channel. (laughs) I was going to say that. (laughs) And then realized half the people who listen to us would have no no idea idea what that that reference was. That's how you know we're old. Getting older. Well, I love getting older together. And um, we pray for all these marriages that continue to press on. Yep. And uh, because marriage is worth fighting for. Absolutely. And um, because it's a wonderful gift from God. So hang in there. We're with you in in it. And um, we we hope to see you um, 
uh, again soon and uh, uh, here on our Family Ministry Podcast. That's right. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye-bye.